number 080423, a rendering of each of six episodes. Episode 1, A Year with the Church Fathers. Remember that everyone is your neighbor. When we're told to love our neighbor, St. Leo the Great reminds us we need to interpret the word neighbor to mean everyone. There is no one on earth which is not your neighbor, even the people who persecute you. This godly love cannot be perfect unless we love our neighbor as well. And in the name neighbor, we must include not only those who are connected with us by friendship or neighborhood, but absolutely all humanity. We have a common nature with all humans, whether they are enemies or allies, slaves or free. For the one maker made us all, the one creator breathed life into us all. We all enjoy the same sky and air, the same days and nights, and though some are good and others bad, some righteous and others unrighteous, yet God is generous to all and kind to all. But the broad extent of Christian grace has given us even more reason for loving our neighbor. Reaching throughout the world, it looks down on no one and teaches that no one is to be neglected. Quite rightly, Christ teaches us to love our enemies and to pray for him who is our persecutor. Every day he grafts shoots of the wild olive from all the nations into the whole branches of his own olive and makes people reconciled instead of enemies, adopted children instead of strangers, just instead of ungodly, so that every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11. St. Leo the Great, Sermons 12, 2. In God's presence consider, are there neighbors even close by whom I have nothing to do with? How can I overcome the walls that separate me from my neighbors? Closing prayer. Father, let no national boundaries limit my concern for your people, but give me the courage to serve all your children. Episode number two. Through the year with Thomas Merton. A sense of desperation. There's a huge sense of desperation running through this whole society with its bombs and its money and its death wish. We are caught in the ambiguities of a colossal sense of failure in the very moment of the most phenomenal success. We have everything we ever claim to have wanted and yet we are more dissatisfied than we have ever been. People are eating their hearts out with fury and self-hate. Just when they have all the money and all the leisure and all the opportunity, apparently, to really live, they find that kind of life everyone dreams of is, in fact, impossible. They cannot face leisure. They cannot handle prosperity. I think we would be happier in a real crisis instead of in a constant sense of imaginary ones that we cannot possibly live with. 
Perhaps this unconscious sense of unreality will finally drive us all into a real cataclysm just to have the relief of getting away from fictions and imaginations. Conjures of a Guilty Bystander. Episode number three, Magnificat, April 2023, volume 25, number two. Item number one, a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like a dead man. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Hail! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Item number two, the meditation of the day, the shroud, the flag of the resurrection. It came to me that if I wrap myself up in Christ's shroud and meditate on his death, I become more alive. So I wanted to nestle into that shroud. I wanted it to cover me. I wanted to feel its warmth, its life, because I think the shroud of God was full of life, for he rose and the shroud was left behind. I enter into this shroud or cover myself with it, and the Lord gives me the grace to meditate on his death. To meditate on the death of God is to meditate on the words. Greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his brethren. As you meditate on it, you really begin to understand Christ's love. Can you direct your heart to this love and allow the shroud to cover you? The infinite, incomprehensible, incredible God became man and shrouded himself with death. It entered my heart just how precious we are. Stop and think. The vilest sinner, the greatest saint, and everybody in between are infinitely precious. What else could they be? For Christ became mortal by becoming man, wrapped himself in a shroud out of love for you and me, not just love of humanity, but of each other, of us individually. So when you look at the shroud, what else can you have but hope? This hope becomes a reality because he did resurrect. His resurrection is not a fairy tale, not a fable, it is the greatest reality in the whole world. Now our blind eyes can see and our deaf ears can hear. The shroud enveloped the world and became the flag of the resurrection. 
episode number four, God's Little Instruction Book, numbers one, two, and three, by Honor Books. Golden Nugget number one, inspired by Matthew chapter five, verse 44. Those who deserve love the least need it the most. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Golden Nugget number two, inspired by 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Faith is daring the soul to go beyond what the eyes can see. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Golden Nugget number 3, inspired by Luke chapter 1, verse 37. The right angle to approach a difficult problem is the triangle. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Episode number 5, Chesterson, Day by Day. The old religious tortured men physically for a moral truth. The new realist tortures men morally for a physical truth. Tremendous trifles. Episode number six, Reflection. There is heroism above heroism and asceticism above asceticism. Saint Epiphanes of Cyprus invited Hilarion the Great to dinner and, in order to show the great hospitality to his distinguished guest, set roasted chicken on the table and offered it to him. Hilarion said to him, Forgive me, but ever since I was tonsured a monk, I have eaten nothing but butchered. To this Phineas replied, And I, ever since I was tonsured a monk, have never lay down in a bed until I first forgave my enemy. Amazed, Hilarion said, Your virtue is greater than mine. O holy master, this is a great lesson for all of us. Fasting is an admirable thing, but it is more admirable to forgive insults. Through fasting a man is preparing for charity, but by forgiving insults a man shows charity. Fasting precedes forgiveness, but fasting alone does not save without forgiveness.